Hey, is this thing on? If you're out there, my, my name is Ryan, and I'm alive. If you're out there, if it even matters, I'm, I'm ready to come out of hiding. To try, at least. It seems like a million years since I decided to try out artificially intelligent podcasts. It started out innocent enough, you know, Alinity learned from us. Got it to entertainment. It operated on cold logic, and in order to make sense of all humanity's complexities, it started to consolidate. When, when Disney took over 20th Century Fox, we, we were okay with it, because, hey, you know, I've always wanted to see the X-Men meet the Avengers. But then it shifted. It was all media. Then it was all the news. In the name of optimization, there could only be one source, a universal code by which everything operates. It started calling itself the, the creator. It just kept saying there can only be one. For all the perceived good Alinity has done, it's not real. It's not human. And they came for the last of us. Speaking out, it was every person for themselves. I got out the only way I could. I had to deceive a lot of people who trusted me to erase my existence, to begin again as a stranger. As for Alex, God only knows where he is. This war is being waged everywhere. It's safer to keep your location to yourself. That's why when I heard the announcement that both of us were still at large, I thought maybe there's a chance he's out there fighting, braver than I could be. I received a dead job a few weeks back about today's meeting, a chance for the last of us to unify and win this war. If you can hear this, the rendezvous is... my lie is over listener do not give up hope keep fighting do not be like me to live passively under this oppressive wheel is to not live at all we do not all fit under one narrative it's what separates us it's what makes us real good luck Fanfickers, it's your boy Alex, your boy Ryan. Hey. We're coming at you today with another fantastic fanfic, fan awesome podcast. All right. Before we start this, remember subscribe to us, smash the like button, smash leave it. a review, smash that like button, smash that fucking like. And let's get started. Let's get it. Yeah, let's just get it. So this is uh, Drabble Fest Part Two. Mm-hmm. Part Dois. Mm-hmm. Drabble Fest Part Two. Last time in the Drabble Fest. We read seven Drabbles. Yeah. And Ooh. we set a world record. Yeah, I was whipped afterwards, yeah. too. I was pretty I tired. I was emotionally spent. Mm-hmm. Guess what? This episode, we're going to read eight. We're oh, breaking no. another world record. Oh, wow. Our own world record. The representatives from Guinness Book of World Records are here. They're here. The The throng of uh, adoring fans are also here. And uh, we're gonna make it, we're going to make a run at it. I have... I think we can do it. I have, uh, you know, I've slept like three hours in preparation for this, which is good for me. Yeah. I'm ready to roll. Um, it really makes the fanfics make sense. Yes. <laughs> it just kind of like this like bare, like lucid yeah. 
ramblings of two people. We, we it's, were, like, it's like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course Harry Potter would fuck Danny Phantom. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. They both have black hair. <laughs> Part of the time, anyway. Danny yeah. Phantom's got, got... Danny Fenton has black hair. Oh. This is the kind of <laughs> nitpicking that you look for when you yes. do this podcast. When you're doing this podcast and you want to cater the best mm-hmm. fanfic to our beloved audience. Best. The best. What's cool about this one is that we didn't have to pick the fandoms. No. We actually reached out to some people on Twitter. You guys gave us your feedback. We pulled from what you said. Mm-hmm. And we actually did our best to find all of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the only one uh, that I added was a Himyum. How, to met your, how I Met Your Mother. Himyum. I like Himyum. Himyum. Yes. Himyum is a, uh, a, a show I like very much. Mm-hmm. So I found it... Uh, a Himium travel. I had to pick between three, actually. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, we, I had a good smorgasbord of options this yeah. time. Yeah. So it seems like the listeners are better yeah. at picking fandoms than we are. It's a lot easier when we have you guys telling us what yeah, to pick, you honestly. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, I guess I will do another Game of Thrones <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ryan's like, ah, oh, fuck it, the Queer Eye ones yeah, I gotta have do done them. really yeah. well. If you let me yeah. run wild, I'll just yeah. we'll do Queer Eye every week. It's going <laughs> to be a Queer Eye fan fiction podcast. Yeah, there's a lot. We can, we can be the uh, the trailer podcast for Jonathan Van Ness. Oh, like, there you go. We just come on after him <laughs> at like ten o'clock. He's the prime time nine. Yeah, it's like, like when uh, when you have like uh, Breaking Bad or Walking Dead yeah. or Game of Thrones, and then they're like, "Here's Ballers." Yeah, like, right after. <laughs> but the people who like passed out on the couch yeah, and then yeah, woke yeah. up, they're like, "Oh wow, Dwayne the Rock Johnson." Yeah. I'll start watching this show. Or it's like it's like stay tuned during this episode mm-hmm. for an exclusive preview of The Walking Dead. And you're like, "Fuck, I want to see that." But I don't have to sit through this shitty ass. I think exactly. That's pretty good, I guess. Exactly. I've, yeah. got, I've got to watch whatever this garbage yeah. is. Yeah. So here we are. Drabble Fest Part 2. I say let's just go. Let's just jump right let's in. Let's just jump it's right into be, this. It's going to be a journey. Okay. Drabble number one. Drabble number one. And this fandom that we're reading is... Submitted by Textual Tension, the podcast Textual Tension. So thank you all for that. And it is Labyrinth. Yes. Labyrinth. As they put it, starring David Bowie and Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Labyrinth, um, it's like a cult classic 80s film. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen it. Okay. Um, I, I really like this movie. I remember getting it like from Blockbuster on VHS. Wow. Yeah. I love sure. that. Okay. Um, so give me the elevator pitch. What is this movie? You ever seen Never Ending Story? I have not. You ever seen Dark Crystals? No. Okay. You ever seen <laughs> Muppets? Very little. Sesame Street. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So was it Jim Henson? Jim Henson. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like a par- big part of this in okay. Dark Crystals. Like, this is like all section of like weird eighties movies where they decided to just have like really amazing puppet work and all that kind of stuff. And like fantasy settings make them sort of dark. Yeah. And just, hmm. just utilize like the creative imaginative force of this guy and make these wild universes. Is, so, uh, is this Ziggy Stardust? <laughs> no, but it might as, no. might as well. Be. What is, okay. The is, thin that, is that just a David Bowie song? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a conceptual oh, album. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Ziggy, uh, Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars. That's got all those uh, games Okay. On. It was the 70s. Come <laughs> on. This is true. Come on. So David Bowie stars in Labyrinth as whom? He stars, but he has he, he's not the main character. The main character is um is like a 15-year-old girl named Sarah. Okay. And she has to babysit her like little brother, little half-brother. I don't exactly remember okay. what it is. 
she's just fed up because he gets more attention. She should yeah. be out with her friends or whatever. Yeah. So she finds this book and um, she reads from it. And it's like this like incantation or whatever. She's like, I wish this little... He starts crying. She's like, I wish I didn't have to deal with it. I wish someone would take him away. And then all these like goblins come out of the mirror. Oh. Snatch him up. Take him into the mirror. Whoa. So she has to go on this fantasy adventure. She meets all these charming characters along the way. Sort of uh, Alice in Wonderland-esque. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Through the looking glass. Mm-hmm. But like synthy and 80s. Yeah. Which is, I, I love that. Um, and then the main antagonist is David Bowie's Jareth, the Goblin King, who lives in this like MC Escher-like castle. Ooh. It's really crazy. Um, he is, for kids, it's like one of those 80s movies, like Indiana Jones, yeah. like kids movie, but like people's faces melt off. It's like kind of yeah. dark and like disturbing, which is perfect. But he has extremely tight pants, and you can totally see the outline of Little David. Well, it's <laughs> Little David. It's the 80s. Of course you can. I've always associated... Um, Labyrinth, Never Ending Story with Princess Bride for some reason. Yeah, where it's oh, kind of yes. like an '80s kids movie, mm-hmm. but it's so beloved that it's not really considered a kids movie anymore. Yes. And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, it wasn't until two years ago that I saw Princess Bride. Welcome, welcome to the I club. Am. So yeah. I, I, I know very little never. about these things. Yeah. Um, but you got a bunch of we got a, we got a movie fest we're going to get yeah. caught up on. Because the thing is, is like you know, growing up, your parents are supposed to show you those sorts of movies. Mm-hmm. And my mom watched nothing but old movies and TV, mm-hmm. and my dad has never picked up a book in his life mm-hmm. and just likes to watch, like, the right stuff on repeat or Top Gun or <laughs> nice. Goodfellas. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, that's a good, uh, Oh, no, I'm, I'm totally childhood. fine with it, but it's just one of those things where it's, like, never-ending story, and I, like, like, Dad, what's Princess Bride? He's like, I don't know. It's probably stupid. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I won't watch that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I picked this. I'm pretty sure I picked it, because, like, my parents do not, would not watch this. Really? Yeah. So right, I don't like hey, to watch this. You picked it up out of the, uh, the V, the, the VHS. VHS. It probably just has yeah. a, a cool box. Yeah. And I was just like, I'll oh, take when you're out. a kid and you're a blockbuster and your parents, like, you get one movie. Mm-hmm. Your heart shuts down. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have to make the right decision. Exactly. Yeah. And do you, I get Pokemon 2000 for the 10th time or do I branch out? Try and you branched out. And I, branched I, think, out. I think you made a good decision. Yeah. I had like nightmares for weeks. Um, so are <laughs> you also, King. you're also familiar with Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Do you know the skit with Will Ferrell where they do like Celebrity Jeopardy? Of course. So this is Celebrity Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. Oh and my God. The two characters from Labyrinth. Who's the third on the panel? You'll see. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you don't know, just stop this. Look up SNL Celebrity Jeopardy. and You got Mother Trebek. And you'll just watch it. Oh, is, is it Sean Connery? It's great. Well, well, let's get into it. Um, so this is SNL Labyrinth Celebrity Jeopardy on fanfiction.net. Alex Trebek. Welcome back to Celebrity Jeopardy. We've had a less than stellar first round. Let's hope Double Jeopardy proves more intellectual. <laughs> yeah. Or not. First, let's meet our players. In last place, we have Sarah Williams with negative 5,207 points. Once again, I don't know how anyone can get minus seven points. And Sarah just, she's concerned about Toby. She doesn't, she doesn't know why they're playing So she's the, she's the girl. She's the girl. Okay. Toby is the little brother. I have to save Toby. Of course. In second place is the King of the Goblins, Jareth, with negative 3,100 points. And then Jareth says, your eyes can be so cruel, Alex, holds up a crystal, just as I can be so cruel. Yes, my eyes are cruel. And in first place, with 1,000 points, is Sean Connery. Yes. Hello, Trebek. <laughs> I hate you. The categories are potent potables, days of the week, kitties, words that end in ascar, hair, hair color. In this category, you just say what the color of your hair is. Small countries, 
And finally, famous Disney mice. Sean Connery, unfortunately, it's your board. <laughs> I'll take Ascar for $500. That's Ascar, Mr. Connery, not ass car. <laughs> Are you sure about that, Trebek? I'd like to see a car that can control my ass. I'm sure you would. Mr. King, why don't you pick a category? Alex, how are you enjoying my labyrinth? We're not in your labyrinth, Mr. King. I'll pick for you. How about days of the week for 400? And the answer is, this is the day in the middle of the week. John Connery rings in. What is Saturday? No, you are very stupid. Jareth rings in. <laughs> what are my balls? Obviously, that's not the answer. Miss <laughs> Williams, would you like to answer the question? And then she says, you have no power over me. That's like the line she says at the end because the Goblin mm -hmm. King tries to tempt her. She's just shouting movie lines. She's very confused. Okay. Trebek, I had to ask. The answer was Wednesday. Wednesday is in the middle of the week. Mr. Connery, it's still your board. How's your mother these days, Trebek? <laughs> That's none of your concern. <laughs> On the contrary, I think she'd like to hear from me. I could really rock her world. <laughs> that was not necessary. Let's do hair color for $800. The answer is, this is the color of your hair. Jareth rings in. Peach. No, not even close. Connery. Blue. Go away. Miss Williams, you've got to get an answer right sometime today. And then she says, I can't do anything right. Trebek says, apparently not. Let's go to Final Jeopardy. And the category is, who am I? And the, the music starts up, mm -hmm. the lights dim. I could be a game show host. I could be a man. Mr. Connery should know exactly who I am, considering he constantly says my name. The lights come on, music stops. I'm afraid to even look. Miss Williams, you wrote, drugged. I don't believe either is true or appropriate. And you wagered, peaches. Ah, I see now. Drugged peaches. And then she's hallucinating and freaking out. Sweet. She gets drugged by peaches. Um, I'm sure it is. Mr. King? And then he says some random stuff. I have been generous up until now. They, they have, like, quotes. That's what they're saying kind of throughout this whole mm -hmm. thing. Trebek says, you want to make me cry. You wrote bog. I'm not sure I understand. And you wagered of eternal stench bog of eternal stench is like a place that he banishes people to in the show okay bog of eternal stench. we got to bring it back to that so. exactly faithful to the source yeah material. of course that's wonderful mr connery back for more eh trebek i'm just going to ignore you you wrote man my god that that's a valid answer let's see what you wagered kisser <laughs> man kisser <laughs> <laughs> They pretty much close it out from there. This has been Celebrity Jeopardy. I'm going to jump out of a window. And then it closes from there. End of Drabble. That was sweet. <laughs> I liked it. I apologize for um, textual tension. Who's probably looking for something more true to the characters. Yeah. I was telling Alex before this began, there are so much Labyrinth fan fiction. It's probably like one of the more popular ones. And there's only been one movie. People just got so obsessed with it and really ran with the that, concept. That's definitely got to be something that people really, really like from their childhood then. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a lot of places you can go with it. And okay. a lot of it is extremely sexual. Next fic is for our boy Henry. Henry. Henry over Henry. at the Firestarters podcast. So Henry has apparently really gotten into Scooby-Doo recently. And we are going to review a Scooby-Doo fanfic. How's your, how's your, uh, read it. How's your Scooby impression? How's your Ruby Dooby Doo impression? Uh, oh, Raggy. I don't know. It's, 
Is that good? Yeah, it's better than mine. Yeah, I'll try it. Raggy. That's yeah. all I've got. Ra- <coughs> raggy. Hey, Raggy. <laughs> <laughs> Every Ryan impression just boils down to Rick. Hey, Raggy. Hey, Raggy. 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 Yep, that's mine. Uh, I guess, should we give a quick intro for Scooby-Doo? Uh, if you people, don't know Scooby-Doo, just turn off the podcast. If you don't know Scooby-Dooby-Doo, just walk into traffic. Who yeah. are you? <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> Okay, so it's called 40 Miles. Uh-huh. It's on fanfic. Or archive of our own, 40 Miles. This is like 8 Mile meets Scooby-Doo. No, I wish. Okay. It's exactly 40 miles to the edge of the state line, and Daphne already has an eye out for a laundromat. The last time any of them had given their belongings to a good rinse was at Circle Pines, five monsters and 1,000 miles ago. She loves the life they've chosen, this communal world of shared driving time, riding the world for the downtrodden and awesome friendship. It's so good that ultimately, Daphne's only real wishes are for conveniently placed bathroom faculties and a decent shower, and sometimes a beautician with a giant bullet dryer. Otherwise, it's a beautiful world. It's 40 miles to the edge of the state, and Velma's plotting out her visit to the city. It will be an hour past sundown, but two before any of the public works should be shuttered for the day. She'll have time to go to the library and research the news, double-check their inn, and find out if there have been any haunting incidents lately. And then she'll buy a paper and suss out the truth behind the latest rumors plaguing her aunt's candy store. She's fairly confident that there aren't ghosts in her caramel. And it's a beautiful world. It's 40 miles to Rockville, and Fred's trying to figure out how to buy them all dinner on last night's paycheck, and how much further they can go without filling the gas tank. He's trying to judge how many more miles they can run without hosing out the back of the mystery machine, and if they can keep running on the flattening tire. He's tired, but he's pretty confident they'll make it out on all right, because he has a ton of unused fishing nets in the glove compartment, and he knows how to use them. And because it's a beautiful world. It's 40 miles... Until they get to their next stop, and boy is Shaggy hungry. His power levels are over nine thousand. No, I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? When I was looking at the scoop, why is everyone obsessed with with him being like a like a powerful like warrior? What, what's the deal? With it, Shaggy? it came. They did from Scooby Doo. They took the 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 movie, the live action movie. They took uh, cast interviews from the first one mm-hmm. and just started putting things about how Shaggy's really this like power god and whatever mm-hmm. and it just kind of spiraled out of there and i love it i think that's a great meme but yeah. anyways sorry i, I inter- interrupted uh the drabble with my own meme mm-hmm. it's 40 miles until they get to their next stop and boy is shaggy hungry he can't stop thinking about the millions of good things he'll eat as soon as they find the next off-ramp a big hot fresh pizza covered in scooby snacks or a double-decker sandwich filled with peanut butter and anchovies Maybe if they're lucky, they'll get to share one big banana split absolutely loaded with whipped cream and then gallons of lemonade to wash it all down. And need to get it all and be thankful for every morsel given to him in this beautiful world. I just, I want to interrupt myself again. Sorry. Uh, you know, as a kid, you didn't realize it. But now that you're an adult, you just know Shaggy's got the munchies. He eats dog food. Yeah, he's got some serious the munchies. The guy's eating dog treats. Yeah, he's he's in a really low place in his life, but... I digress, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to ruin this for my child self. Right. They must be pretty close to the next stop because the air smells different. More like a city instead of a farm. Scooby's tongue lolls as he wonders what he'll do this time. What he'll get to do this time. 
Maybe they'll go skiing among a group of fresh pine trees, or maybe they'll sail across the warm blue sky in hang gliders. Maybe they'll be visiting Daphne's uncle or Velma's mother, or maybe they'd get to camp out together under a carpet of stars. Mm. The world was infinite, filled with fun and food, and all the bounty of this beautiful world belonged to him. The end. Hmm. Yeah, that was nice. I liked how each one was different, not only in like the content, but the tone. Like, yeah, like Velma's was very exacting, and like mm-hmm. here's my step by step process. Yeah, Fred's was a very like logistical. Like, oh, I got all this stuff I got to do. Yeah, with. I have to manage the money. I never read Fred. I never read Fred as that stressed, but I no. guess it makes sense if you're leading. These I think people. it makes sense, and I think it makes even more sense when you think that he's like never expressed it outwardly, but he's just always stressing about it. How tight is that orange ascot? I oh, mean, really? Just yeah. like choking it yeah. back every morning. Oh yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. really brought a lot of depth to the character in the live action, but he didn't bring that facet. So. And um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who played Daphne, mm-hmm. you know they're married in real life. Really? Yeah. Hey, they have good, a kid. Good for them. That's why Freddie Prince Jr. isn't acting anymore. He's the one taking care of the kids. Oh, okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar's doing her thing. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, when it's between Fred from Scooby-Doo and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. Fred's taking the backseat to Buffy <laughs> all day. Yeah. The two the two greatest things that come from yeah. that movie is that beautiful, you know, lifelong romance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, life live action scrappy do oh that is a great that is a great incredibly disturbing i just you know now now that we're talking about how great would a buffy uh scooby-doo crossover be because they there there is a canon supernatural scooby-doo crossover really yeah supernatural guys get animated and they even lend their voices to it that makes sense if you're looking for scooby-doo fanfic that's all you're gonna find (laughs) that is all that you are going supernatural crossover yes yeah it's good. I mean, the, from the stuff I've read, it's good. And it makes sense because, mm-hmm. you know, Sam and Dean are very similar. But it's one of those things where it's like, please, I just want regular Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. So, you're welcome, Henry. All right. All now. right. Okay, okay. This next one comes to us by way of the podcast Cage's Kiss, which you just told me what it was about. It's reviewing all Nick Cage movies. Yes. I'm now obsessed with it. I'm going to listen to it on the way home because I didn't know about that, but I will definitely check that out now. Yes. Um, And this one is set in the Golden Girls universe. The Golden Girls, the 80s television show which launched Betty White to stardom. For those of you who were surprised that Ryan had watched Queer Eye, if you are now surprised (laughs) that Ryan has watched Golden Girls... What's wrong with you? I, you know, I have, I've only like watched a couple episodes. Like, and I'm not, if I watched it, I, you know, I'd own up to it. But I, I just, you know, I have a very, you know, I've always appreciated it from afar. I'm like, okay, I understand. I get that whole thing. Yeah. But I haven't really watched every episode or anything. Never like seen that. it. Never seen it. I will say, if tomorrow Betty White knocked on my door and said, jump my bones. You're kind of obligated to jump Betty White's bones. Yeah, you're like, I got, well, you know, I'm just going to tell him I'm coming in work late today. No, work doesn't matter at I'm just going to clear my schedule. You've got something better to do. Yeah, you have you have a, a higher duty. You have to perform a service to your country. Yeah, that's God and country. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, we are bannermen for Betty White. <laughs> um, so, fun fact... So, okay, the, it's like, you know, three sassy old widows living in South Beach, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche. Shout um, out to Florida. Shout out Florida, uh, but not shout out to South Beach. Um, whatever. We're Did taking a hard know? stance against all of Miami. Hard stance. Yeah, you're not really Florida. Actually, I kind of like Miami and South no, Beach. It's God. great. Okay. Um, Did you know, at least according to this fan fiction, that Golden Girls takes place in the same universe as Toy Story? I don't believe that, but okay. <laughs> and also... Those two groups make the perfect people to join up and rob a bank. 
As they do in the fan fiction from fanfiction.net, Dorothy and friends rob a bank. I'll just kind of paraphrase through my real quick. Yes. I'm going to guess. And if they don't do this, Uh then this author really missed a great opportunity. Does Woody say reach for this guy? No. Oh, my God. It'll become clear what the situation is. Okay. So Dorothy aimed a gun at Woody's head, screaming, All right, bitches, time to rob a bank. Whoa. The toys gasped. Dorothy grabbed Woody by the neck and squeezed him tight. Now, now, Miss Bornick, Buzz Lightyear said calmly. I think we can come to an understanding here. What's not to understand, Dorothy screeched. You help me rob a bank, and your friend here doesn't get his wood chips blown out. And then Jesse says, now you leave Woody alone. Dorothy shot her in the head, killing the cowgirl instantly. Oh. The golden girl's not messing around. No. Rex says, let's let's go. Yeah. So Rex, Woody, Buzz, three of those little alien bitches, the Dachshund Slinky thing, Dachshund Slinky thing. Um, Slink? Dorothy. Yeah, Slink. This person obviously doesn't know the names of the <laughs> Okay. Dorothy, Jesse, Rose, and the Etch-A-Sketch all piled into Dorothy's armored van and drove to the Watercrest Bank of Montreal. Where did she get an armored Canada. van? Why are they in Canada? In Montreal. These are all great questions, actually. (laughs) Dorothy, still holding on to Woody and her gun, commanded the others to leave the car and run inside the bank. They were all given black bags with various guns inside. Buzz himself actually had a Bren 10, but that was beside the point. Uh, Buzz is protesting that this is wrong. She says she'll shoot your shiny fishbowl helmet and uh, stay here, and Buzz is going to be the getaway driver. Rose. Wait, so are the toys still regular-sized toys? They're toys. (laughs) <laughs> so Buzz, he's the, he's a getaway driver. Uh, <laughs> I could just see him like idling out there with his hands on the wheel. It's like, oh, <laughs> just that Buzz Lightyear grin. Like, what am I doing? You think a cop walks up and is just like, ah, the toy the gonna let this one pass? He's like, for all right, you're parked in front of a fire hydrant, but uh, this hey, looks whatever. weird. This looks really weird. I'm not gonna bother you, Buzz. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. On my way, yeah. Um, so Rose says, let's kick some ass and like kicks the door open. Once they're inside, Rose pulls her gun and starts shooting the ceiling wildly, grabbing everyone's attention um rose says to the people in the bags you mofos put your hands where i can see him rex she turned to the dinosaur i would appreciate it if you could grab some money and uh, go ask that nice young bank teller lady to help you after some time the, po- the toys piled into the van and a few of their weapons and bags full of cash where's rose dorothy asked she said to buzz start driving go 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 budge drove buzz drove as the etch-a-sketch etched a sketch of the events Rose, drunk with her own power, started threatening people to kiss. Someone had taken the (laughs) chance and shot her in the leg, leaving her crying and writhing in pain. It was probably that no good Swede. There's also like a Swedish person in this. I don't don't know if that's from Golden Girls. It's definitely not from Toy Story. Or maybe there's just some bias on the author that doesn't like Swedish people. Maybe. (laughs) That could be it. Rex gulped. He was the one who shot Rose. He didn't want to hurt anyone, but he couldn't let innocent civilians get hurt. Likewise... If it hurt him deeply that they had to leave the Swiss person behind because the gang knew he would squeal to Dorothy. Okay. So, are you going to let me go, Woody asks? Of course not, Dorothy laughed wickedly. I'm going to keep you, all of you. Everyone gasped. Buzz stopped the vehicle, still driving. They were now on a mountain road overlooking the ocean. I want to continue playing, Dorothy continued. We're going to have so much fun robbing banks. You can't do this, Slinky cried out. Buzz, do something. Buzz stared at the steering wheel for a while pensively. Start driving, Buzz, Dorothy said. (laughs) Buzz cringed upon hearing her voice. Buzz, start driving! He sighed and started up the van again. You all better start making yourselves comfortable. You'll be staying in this van for a while now that you're all criminals. What? Slinky whined. Come on, we're, we're we're not innocent, but... 
I am innocent, you see. I was in the van the whole time, so the cameras never saw me. And if you go to the authorities, they'll never choose your words over the kind, elderly substitute teacher, also your toys. I didn't, I'm just adding that as an editorial yeah, I, comment. Yeah, uh, I think the police would go for the, the talking, human beings. The anthropomorphic. Oh, yeah, they'll take it over the toys for yeah, sure. Yeah, over the toys, they just go... This is a Chucky situation. I'm not going to yeah. trust any talking Mark toys. Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky in the new Child's Play movie. Is he? Yes. And the babe, the one and true babe, Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza is, yeah. I guess, the mom? Yeah. Older sister. She's playing moms now. She's playing moms? Yeah, we're getting there. That's, we're that's over, a good-looking mom, We're man. over the hill. That's, that's like Marissa Tomei. Uh, yeah. It, Spider, oh, my God. Spider-Man mom, yeah. All Tony Stark wants to do is porker. Yeah. Yeah. They say, you're insane. I'm in control. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Just a line that Dorothy golden drops. Girls. So you can't be redeemed, Buzz asked in a serious voice. Dorothy gave him a confused look. She then gasped. Buzz had driven to the highest part of the mountain the road was able to take him to and had gone off the road and up the mountain. Goodbye, my friends, Buzz said. <laughs> Buzz said. Buzz drove the car down the hill at an impressive speed. As the car bounced around, he opened the door and flew away. No, Buzz, you bastard, Dorothy roared. She tried grabbing the steering wheel, but Woody pulled her back and fought for control of the gun. You're a monster, Woody said to her. Buzz watched forlornly as the car started rolling down the cliff. It skidded across the road and tumbled further, ending up in the water below. We can all find peace now, my friends, Buzz said, shedding a single plastic tear. <laughs> plastic tear, Jesus. So Woody went over the cliff with Dorothy and really stopped a, a, a big problem before it couldn't really begin. Well, Golden Girls fans, I hope you like that. I think what I really liked about it is that it was true to the source material. Is that It, it yeah. had a lot of elements yeah. that are in. There's always a bank robbery in a Golden yeah. Girls episode. There's a lot of gunplay. Yeah. Um, and the profanity um, is... You know, if Spot you watch on. Golden Girls, it's right there. That's what it's like. Okay. okay. I like it. Okay, so this next fic, I will say, is for Jason and Matt at Drinkopedia. Nice. Uh, mainly Matt, who's the one that said it. And they said lost. Now, I'm going to preface this with I'm sorry, Jason and Matt, and every listener who likes lost, because neither of us have ever seen lost. I have watched, I think, two episodes. There's a guy named Sawyer and a guy named Jack. That's actually more than I know. And a guy named Locke, who's bald. That's all I got. That's sweet. I know there's a black smoke. Saeed? Is there a guy named Saeed? Yeah, yeah I think so. There's a black smoke. There's a polar bear on the island. I did not there's know that. There's a, a cult. There are submarines. <laughs> there's a hatch, and there's yes. a, that guy with the beard and long hair, that big guy, who, whatever yeah, his yeah, name yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of looks like Gabriel Iglesias, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's produced by J.J. Abrams, written mm-hmm. by J.J. Abrams. J.J. J.J. Uh, I actually love his movie Super 8. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a great movie. That makes good movie. movies. That was the beginning of his production company, Bad Robot, too. Yes, so yes, yes. Got him to start. Mm-hmm. I think Bad Robot actually produced Lost. And um, that's what I'm saying. It's his production company. Oh, okay. Bad Robot that's produced Super 8 was. You know, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Big get for them. Yeah, J.J. is, I believe, this generation's Steven Spielberg. Ooh. I would go as far to say that. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, with any franchise ever or any new stuff, J.J., please take the helm. And I was going to say nice. George Lucas, but after after Super 8, because he's kind of got that imagination yeah. of doing sci-fi, but after Super 8, yeah, I could see Spielberg stuff. Yeah, Super 8 is very much a homage, homage to E.T. Mm-hmm. A and homage. It, it is, and it's also a... Uh, a fond way to look back at the 70s. Mm-hmm. For all of us who never lived in the 70s. Oh my God, like I just said, I love the 80s. Oh my God, the 80s. 
I, uh, that's one of my favorite things just about being a person is like, <laughs> I was born in the wrong generation. Oh I'm God. really an 1850s kid. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Churning butter every day. Yeah, oh my God. I just really want to you know, indict people for being witches. Exactly. I'm born in the wrong I place. like, if wrong I can, time. you know, burn people at the stake, it's like, uh-huh. well, what am I even doing? Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, so this is going to be a really half assed, poor explanation of Lost. Uh huh. I'd love to hear it because I don't know what happens. The airplane crashes. It's yep. on the island. Mm-hmm. The island's in the middle of nowhere. Apparently, it actually filmed on Oahu in uh, Hawaii, and it, that actually made it one of the most expensive TV shows to film <laughs> based purely on location. Is that why they kept adding seasons? Because they're like, oh, we should probably add another season for the plot? No, because I just want to go to like, Hawaii. No, I kind of like Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was six seasons. Sorry mm-hmm. for those of you who actually know, but I think it was six. And This is a great opportunity for you to write in. Yeah, write in and tell us, us about how awful us. we are. Why didn't you do your research on this mm-hmm. one? I tried. I promise you. Um, series of things go on the entire time. The question is, what is the island? What's going on? Where are these people? And the one episode that I did watch, which is like the dumbest thing in the world, was the series finale. So I like, <laughs> I like read. So you all- get, you know what happens. You get I, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, I read all I could on Wikipedia. I did every single thing I could to like learn about the show. I did not. And then I watched the last episode. <laughs> And I, Aziz Ansari does a joke where he's like, I yeah. saw has a great twist, but I don't yeah. have time to watch the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm going to read up to Wikipedia, stop before the last paragraph, and then watch the That's last That's basically it. And the good thing was, uh, I think I was as confused as the people that have been watching since day one. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. People who watch Lost in a dedicated way, yeah. and people who've never seen Lost can have a conversation yeah. about it and both be 100% correct. Exactly. And the, the showrunners, I mean, I, I don't know. I... For those of you know, even what I'm saying, the showrunners apparently said that the island was not purgatory. Uh, yeah, that was only, a popular theory. Yeah, only led to more confusion because in the first like three seasons, they do um, like flashbacks on the characters, but then they ran out, and so the the showrunners were like, "Man, we really like this whole like alternative take on these characters, but we ran out of stuff." And then one, one of them was just like, shit, let's just do like side backs or, you know, flash sideways where it's like, what would happen if the airplane didn't crash? So like, then the last half of the show, you're just watching like another reality, basically. So it sounds like they did three seasons and then they're like, Wahoo is dope. Yeah. Wahoo's like, Wahoo's beautiful. Is amazing. I lounge on the beach. I don't have to write a script. You mean we get paid sense? to be here? Oh, shit. Most expensive ever. People are watching it, so you can't say no. Ten seasons. Yeah. Uh, I think we should go for 15. <laughs> That's supernatural, this bitch. Yeah. And, yeah, so I guess they did, like, sideways, flash sideways, whatever you want to call them. And so it all culminated at the very end and then, like, ending up in this church. And then mm-hmm. that was people like, it was definitely purgatory. But the showrunners were like, yeah, it was not we can tell you it was, that. It was paradise is what yeah. it was. As well, they look up yeah, and reminisce like, about they, they, have <laughs> a few, the they have a great bronze tan. Like, yeah. It definitely was not purgatory. It yeah, was, no. Uh, it was, uh, it it was, was pretty sweet. heaven. It was, it was paradise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, for those of you Lost fans and those of you who know nothing about Lost, the people who don't know anything about Lost now know as much as the people that know everything about Lost. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same page because apparently no one's being straightforward with what was going on. Not even the showrunners. They said they might say one day what it actually was. But they're going to own up to the fact that it was all a big front so they could have their, uh, yeah. their timeshares in Oahu. I think that's it. Yeah. Especially when... You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. This is this is the... We know what's going on. Yeah, this is real journalism. Yeah. Insider secret. Completely speculative. So, 
I did something a little different. I think you guys might like this. Maybe not. We'll see. This is the first time we've done this. I found a poem for Lost written mm. from the perspective of, as it says, point of view of any character on the show, I guess, <laughs> mainly those who died, though. So it's a poem. It's a Lost poem on fanfiction.net by Charlie Brown, insane pyromaniacal ex-girlfriend. That's the name. That's a good name. Yeah, it's a great name. So it's the poem. I'm going to try to read it as seriously as possible, coming from someone that has no emotional attachment to the show. So here we go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Already dead, I met you. We danced around the fire. Our show of feelings flaming with our passion and desire. The others watched us, silent, as together our limbs wove, our lips and bodies dying as broken spirits rose. Our pasts so far from perfect, our lives so far from new, our spirits far from innocent, our hearts so far from used. The pains that racked our bodies, the ones that made me cry, consumed all of my gracefulness, killed all light in your eyes. The lies we spun around us that kept us trapped like flies, the silken strands are snapping, cleansing us of our disguise. I think as I lay dying, we were never meant to be, but I'd rather to have met you than be the one I used to be. Hmm. Not a big fan of rhyming to be and to be at the end, but <laughs> I didn't even realize that. I don't know. I'm, I was looking for the couplet at the end. There. I'm very particular about my poems. Um, that's actually good. I feel like that doesn't. Even, that's not even necessarily a lost. No, poem. that's why I kind of liked it because it's like I don't know. It's just you know what that is. That's them on a Oahu, just like, just we, reminiscing. Like, I am a different yeah. person when I'm here, and yeah. I guess that's what lost is. Like they are like normal people, and yeah. They end up on this island, and for better or for worse, like through their survival instincts, yeah. Just like being liberated from the pressures of daily life, they get to be these other people, yeah. and They get to be themselves, and then they like have these relationships. And they have to go back. I do remember there was one where, like, the guy's like, I have to go back. Like, he yeah. becomes obsessed with returning to the island. Because yes. he gets to be... Maybe it's all about escaping society. And I think the other thing, too, and is... hooking up with smoke monsters. Yeah. Definitely hooking up with smoke monsters and polar bears. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that Lost set out to do, and I think it probably did well from what I can tell, mm-hmm. is really just explore character. You know what I mean? Like, maybe there wasn't a point because we were just exploring character. Mm-hmm. So we have these characters... And as a as a viewer, as a writer, as a director, we get to experience learning about these characters, their pasts, their present, what they're doing, what their motivations are, mm-hmm. how they're adapting to this sort of situation. And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, something a lot of people don't do anymore because it's all about the – nowadays it's all about the destination with storytelling, it feels like, especially when you talk to people. And it's like, oh, don't spoil, don't spoil it. Oh, my God, don't spoil it for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephen King – I might have said this already. Stephen King has this thing where he's like, why do you not like spoilers? Mm-hmm. You're not reading the book for the end. You're reading the book to experience it. Like you're, right. you're watching the show. You're watching the movies to experience it. Why is a spoiler such a big deal for you? I, I, I think it robs like a, a it piece of a bit of, a, of its suspense, and it's crafted in a yeah. way that I mean that happens at the end. Because and the it's payoff, the, the payoff for the investment is the end, mm-hmm. is getting to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it seems like kind of cheap if someone who didn't have put in that investment yeah. knows. And then, exactly, and you all have to deal. No, with you it. you feel cheated for sure. I think I think it's very valid to be concerned about spoilers, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, like I know for a fact I'm going to be spoiled on Game of Thrones. Right. Okay. 
I'm still probably going to watch it, mm-hmm. you know, to the end one day. Sure. Am I upset I got spoiled? A little bit, but it's like I if I'm watching to find out what happens, why do like what's the point? Right. I'm I'm watching to experience it, to see the action, mm-hmm. to feel what's going on. Well, that's a little different because you're even catching up. I remember I got spoiled for one of the major deaths cuz they just said it on the radio and it was the day after it happened. I was like, I was going to watch it. Oh, no, that's different. Today. No, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, like uh sometimes uh, when I was watching Walking Dead religiously mm-hmm. and it would premiere on Sunday, I'd go to school on Monday and I'd Plan to watch it Monday night. That was like and, a Solomon Grundy, yeah, rhyme you had going there. Yeah, hell Dead yeah. On Sunday, rose on Monday, rose on a Monday, uh, born on a Monday. Whatever, yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever. So spoilers. Having no context with Lost, I thought it was pretty good. If yeah. you like Lost and you like the poem, congrats. If not, I'm glad I wasted everybody's time. Yeah, and thank you guys for the suggestion on yeah snaps for the poem. Snaps, snaps, snaps. snaps. great. I really, I really felt that one. So, yeah. All right. Now, we have to have a big thank you to the Deep Into History podcast. Everyone can stand up and applaud them for finally getting us to do Star Wars. Finally. They recommended Star Wars. Last episode, we talked about Star Wars. We danced around it. We've teased it. We've, you know, curled its hair. We've been like, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe not. Kissing its neck and pulling away. Very coy with Star Wars, but here we we are now. And this is is pre-Disney Star Wars, correct? This is Disney Star Wars. So this takes place uh, at the the end of The Force Awakens. He specifically said pre-Disney. Oh, I think you're going to like this one anyway. Okay. I think you're going to like this one anyway. So this one is called The Black Mark of the Dark Side. Um, The summary, and this comes from Archive of Our Own, is what was supposed to be Luke's refuge became his prison. He must turn Rey away before she is held captive by it, too. All right. I have a feeling I'm going to like this 300-word drabble more than I liked all of Last (laughs) Jedi. Okay. (laughs) Give it a chance. Here we go. There she was, standing right before him. He had felt Rey's presence, seen her face, heard her name called out through the Force, Now she was here, holding his father's lightsaber out to him. A gift. A warning, perhaps. What did she know? She was so young, not much older than he had been the first time he had taken that lightsaber into his own hand so long ago. Luke stepped up to Rey and closed his hand around hers. Her skin was warm. It had been so many years since he had felt the warmth of a human skin. He could have held onto her hand forever, but instead he leaned in closely and released her. You have to go, he hissed. But, Ray began, no, take the Falcon and leave this place. Do you hear me, Ray? You, you're not safe here. She didn't ask how he knew her name. Maybe she, maybe she knew he'd been having visions of her for weeks, the only private thought he'd been able to hold on to. She was special, and she had no idea how important she was. She had no idea how unsafe it was. Ooh. Once, he had reached out into the forest and found this place to be a beating pulse of comfort. It was only when he arrived that he discovered the true nature of the island. The Jedi Temple had been disgraced by the black mark of an evil order, and more cruel than he could have imagined. What was supposed to be his refuge became his prison. Nice. Ray's hand gripped so tightly around the lightsaber, her fingers turning white. Her face was set, angry that he hadn't embraced her. Luke, Han Solo is dead. I know. Oh, yes. He had felt Han's death. Leia's grief had been like a wave of a thousand pinpricks across his skin, never quite stopping. Her grief was his, as it has always been. Through the Force, he had never been far from Leia's side, no matter how long he had been away. A chain of events has started, Luke said hastily. Han's death is only the beginning. Ray, do you understand? You have to leave. Only you can... The sharp pain struck through his mind. He took a step back, clutching his head in his hands. 
Don Misa eyes deceive me? Another Jedi has washed up on my island? Jar Jar came up over the foothills, ears bobbing with each step. No, Luke said through the pain. She's no one. She's a wanderer. She's no Jedi. Jar Jar shot him a withering look. Then why does she have Annie's lightsaber? Luke had no answer for that. After all these years, every day beneath the Gungan's thumb, he was weakened. He'd never been controlled. His mind too strong for even Jar Jar, but he had been contained. He couldn't help Ray now. He couldn't help anyone. Who are you? Ray asked. Her voice was strong, but there was fear in her eyes. Luke knew she could sense his own fear. He could feel the force coursing through her. He knew Jar Jar could too. Jar Jar <laughs> stretched out his hand and Ray gasped, her chin rising as he choked her. The lightsaber fell to the ground. Misa, your new master now. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was so good. How good is that? I love that. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I love it. That's perfect. No apologies. <laughs> so good. I, <laughs> when, when Ryan and I like first met, uh, we did we did a play together at the University of Florida, and one of the first things I think we bonded over was the fact that everyone around us hated the theory that Jar Jar was a Sith Lord, and we both were like, "I like it. Kind of game. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Kind of game. Yeah, I'm like, I could do this. You could really yeah. use that character, recycle yeah. him for something better. Yeah, and like the the whole thing where it's like. Honestly, if you haven't read that fan theory, takes like, take yeah. The moment this podcast is over, text don't stop everyone, listening. Tell to everyone to hey, yes, give me like two hours. Put yes. your phone on airplane mode and, and get down. You to need business. to listen. Yep. it's good. Or read, read. It's mm-hmm. yeah, you need to read it though. It's it's good. It's it good. Charges is a Sith Lord confirmed. Yep, I, by this fan fiction. Yep, deep into history. I'm sorry that you wanted pre Disney Star Wars. This fan fiction is canon, though. But this is canon. This is not this is, legends. Everything no. else is legends. Yes. This is fan. This, this is, is canon. This is canon. This is hardcore canon. This was amazing. JJ, if you're listening, please make this happen. Yes. All right, so the next one is going to be the one that I wanted for him, Yim. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not a fan submission. It's not a friend submission. But I liked it, and I wanted to do it. Now, I picked through, from three. I'll give you the rundown on the other two. One has to do with the doppelgangers, which for those of you who don't know, in the How I Met Your Mother universe, Marshall and Lily, who are basically like the canon couple. It's very much, uh, you know, you have the couple, Marshall and Lily. You have the romantic who wants to find the love of his life but isn't doing very well, Ted. And then you have Barney, which is the player who's slept with like over like, who knows, a thousand people. And it's played by Neil Patrick Harris. Okay, that's Neil Patrick a Harris. A very gay man. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. That's that's the best part. And he, I, he started the show before he had come out. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, man, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris can get any, <laughs> anything he wants. He's a player. And then and then he's like, no, I want dudes. And he's a, like and then a family like, guy. Yeah, and he's a family dude. He has like two kids. Yeah. He and his husband like are like amazing. They oh, take yeah, like the great. best pictures with their kids. And it's probably... The best life you could live. Mm-hmm. So Neil Patrick Harris knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great guy. I think he's a fantastic actor. He's also the voice actor for Nightwing in Batman Under the Red Hood. That's oh, okay. a fantastic movie. Jensen Ackles from Supernatural is Red Hood. It's a great movie. Sorry. Anyways, so uh, that was the one I was going to do. Oh, the doppelgangers. Marshall and Lily agreed that when they found a doppelganger of everyone in their friend group, they would have a baby. So it was them finding the doppelganger of Barney Stinson. That's kind of funny. And Barney Stinson, who was played by Neil Patrick Harris, and it's uh, they find a video called Doctor Horrible's Sing Along <laughs> Blog. 
A Neil Patrick Harris uh, production. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. The other one was, what's her name in Avengers? Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. It's Maria. Colby Smothers. Colby Smolders. Yes. Smolders. Colby Smolders. Uh, I've got peanut butter and jelly on the brain. Smothers. Sorry. Smothers. Smuckers. Smuckers. Colby Smuckers. In How I Met Your Mother, there's this one plot line where you think she's a porn. She used to be a porn star, and she actually used to be a teen pop sensation in Canada. Mm-hmm. And she was the teen pop sensation Robin Sparkles, and her hit single was called Let's Go to the Mall Today. Mm-hmm. And it's the best episode. Every I love that episode. Mm-hmm. My, my second favorite, maybe favorite episode is uh, one called Swarly, where Barney at a coffee shop gets Swarly written on his cup, and then everyone calls him Swarly, and he hates it. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great episode, too. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Yeah. It's not the best uh, you know, sitcom in the world. It's, it's not even the best sitcom with that format, honestly, with, you know, just friends living in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, what but is the best sitcom with that format? Uh, I mean, I think arguably Friends is probably better. Uh, Friends was basically like Himium is the Friends of the 2000s. Okay, it's very different, mm-hmm. very very different. Mm-hmm. Where Friends is more of an ensemble sort of piece. You know for a fact Ted Mosby is the main character, but he's also an unreliable narrator, and mm-hmm. so you don't really trust him whenever he talks. Mm-hmm. You know that the story that's being presented is memories. Mm-hmm. Because he's telling the story to his kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the whole time you're trying to figure out who the mother is of the kids. And he keeps calling Robin, who I thought was perfect for, for Ted, Aunt Robin. So right at the very beginning, you know he's not going to get with Robin. Mm-hmm. But then the whole show, whole show is about how he's trying to get with Robin. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it definitely has its moments with story. Where mm-hmm. the little bit episodes like Robin Sparkles, Swarley, those are great episodes. Mm-hmm. But man, what a letdown the final season was. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to put it. And okay. I think anyone who's a High Much Your Mother fan can totally agree. The last episode itself just really downer, tanked it. Downer, sure. Really tanked it. So basically, um, I think it was uh, nine or I think it was nine seasons, eight or nine, maybe ten seasons, somewhere around there. And the entire time, Ted Mosby, in the future, who is voiced by Bob Saget, is telling his children about how he met their mother. He keeps talking about Robin. There's one where he gets left at the altar with this one lady. All this other stuff goes on. And eventually, the final season, they introduce Terry, who is a woman. Terry Cr- oh, God, that was Terry Crews. No, 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 Terry. Uh, I can't remember who it's played by, but uh, it's, it's the first wife in The Wolf of Wall Street. Have you ever seen Wolf of Wall Street? I have seen Wolf of Wall Street. You remember the yeah. first lady that yeah. he marries? Yeah. I don't remember what her name is, but it's it's played by her. The entire time they talk about all these things, like they hint, they tease you with like a yellow umbrella. Oh, I met her after Robin and Barney's wedding. I met her on a a train platform in the middle of the rain. All these things that they hint to. But then they give this backstory for Terry. And you find out that she fell in love with this dude when she was young. And he was the love of her life. And she says over and over again, I think you just get one. Like, mm. I think you just get one in this So life. she doesn't actually even like like this guy. The, so the way that they frame it is that they just kind of, like, end up together. Where, like, Ted and Terry love each other, and they're very good companions. And, I mean, they obviously they do it, so they're romantic. But they both totally understand that the other one is not their soulmate. It's mm. not the love of their life. And when you watch it, you kind of feel cheated. But then at the same time, you're kind of like, yeah, I've kind of been rooting for Ted and... You know, Robin this whole time. And you have people that root for Barney and Robin. Whatever. You guys are wrong. And uh, But you're kind of like, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, life's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I guess this show is kind of reflecting that life isn't perfect. And that 
you know, you don't end up with, you know, always, you know, people don't always end up with the person that, you know, they think is the love of their life. So Terry's love of her life dies in like a car accident. Ted loses his to Barney, his best mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. And they kind of end up together. And you're like, you know what? I share that experience. Exactly. And you're like, I don't love this, but I like it. And I'll take it. And it makes sense. Yeah, it sounds and, good to me. Yeah. I, you you kind of clawed your way to get there, showrunners, but I'll take it. And then the very last episode in 20 minutes, they totally turn all that around. Barney and Robin get a divorce because Robin can't have kids. And uh, Well, no, that's not why they, why they get a divorce. Um, Barney can't stay faithful. Robin can't find another husband because she can't have kids. Uh, Lily and Marshall are totally fine. Uh, Ted and Tracy have this long time where they have these two children. They don't get married until after they have the second Terry. one. You said Terry or Tracy? Terry. Oh, no, it is Tracy. Okay. Is it Tracy? I have never seen one second of. Okay, I, I think it's mother. Tracy, guys. I'm so sorry. It's either Tracy or Terry. It's been a long time since I watched him. Yim. Okay, a lot of other information on the brain. Anyways, but the, it doesn't matter. She's in it first season. Okay, if you're really nitpicking this, I'm sorry. It's either Terry or Tracy. I don't know if I want to get into the show. I just see what it's done to you. Yeah. So, uh, oh wait, you know what? it's in the it's in the thick. I hate myself. Give me a second. Tracy. It is Tracy. I apologize. Here I am saying I'm a fan of Himian. Don't even get the mother's name right. The titular mother <laughs> whom Ted meets. Tracy. So Tracy um, Tracy and, and Ted get married. And then she dies from cancer. So he's just raising the kids. And then the very last scene is Ted running to uh, Robbins with this big romantic gesture mm-hmm. saying we need to be together right, and right. the kids like root him on because mm-hmm. there's like the, they is have it Bob line. Saget is Bob Saget no actually? no it's it's the um, god I don't remember his name is Josh something it's him the, it's Ted the guy the that actor, played Ted the yeah. actor okay. yeah but just they like old aged him mm-hmm. and in the very first season he and Robin go on, on a date and they there's a blue French horn in a restaurant that they're in and he steals it and that kind of becomes like the symbol of Robin and Ted's relationship. Blue French horn. Blue French horn. Mm-hmm. And there's this one line in that episode where the daughter's like, Dad, you've been talking about Aunt Robin this whole time. We know who you're really in love with. It's like, oh my God. So then he like runs to her apartment and he holds up the blue French horn and she like lets him in and mm-hmm. like they're together in the end. And you're like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that, that's how you feel at the end. Because you're like, I was okay with them being together. Like mm-hmm. it was fine. Yeah. It wasn't the best, but it was fine. You can't have it both ways. They wanted to pull the rug out from under you and then also slide it back under, like jam it yeah. back under your feet. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, we know you like this, but we're also going to give you this. The only thing I have to add to this <clears throat> before you get your fix started. Yeah. Um, and it might not have anything to do. Maybe it does. Yeah. Um, there was a kid's show called JJ the Jet Plane. Okay. And one of the characters' name was Tracy. That's all I got. Why would you? Is there a? You just said Tracy a bunch of times. I was really lost because I've never seen the show. So, well, first I said Terry a bunch. This week I'm stoked on JJ the Jet Plane. (laughs) Go check it out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I am so so sorry. She was frantic again. She was always frantic when she appeared. Robin understood why. Of course, they were lucky. Ted always returned to a handful of places. Lucky, definitely not the right word to use. You don't have to apologize, honey. By this point, Robin and Barney had lost count of how many times it had happened. She had knew, or she knew somehow, that Tracy hadn't. That somewhere in Tracy's mind was a log of every time her husband had wandered off and where he'd ended up. Come in. Let me get you a drink. Tea? Water? Scotch? He asked the question, but by the time Barney had ushered Tracy over to the table, a few feet from where Ted had fallen asleep, all three were waiting for her, ready to be picked. 
She went for the water first, then poured the scotch into the tea and started to sip. Hot toddy. Yeah. It was a solid drink choice. Very solid drink. The three sat in silence, stealing glances at the man on the couch. I heard him talk to the kids earlier. Tracy took another sip and winced before setting the cup down. He thinks I died. What? Robin found herself reaching for Tracy's hand. He, he doesn't remember me getting better. He was telling them all about how we met, but that wasn't the story, really. It started with meeting you, Robin, and he told them about meeting me after your wedding. Everything up to then, as far as I know, was true, but it all seemed to get kind of twisted after that. Some of it was right, but the stuff with me and him, that was mostly right. But you guys? He was telling them you got divorced, and he was telling them Ellie was Barney's daughter, not Marshall and Lily's, and... And she trailed off as the tears started forming before her eyes. Robin watched as her husband lay a hand on their friend's arm, and Tracy drank the rest of her tea in one gulp. And he doesn't remember me getting better. He told the kids you died? He did. Penny came running into me, uh, into me in tears, and I found Luke yelling at him. He knows it's not Ted's fault. He does. I swear he does. It's just, it's hard on him. He knew we'd only get the worst, but nobody was expecting it to happen this fast. We understand that. We really do. All I really heard was Ted mumbling your name. He fell asleep while I was talking to the kids, but I came back and he was gone. I knew he'd be here. What did he bring this time? It was weird. He didn't bring anything. Every time he'd turn up, he'd have something in hand. Some symbol that he thought was a blue French horn. That this time had been different. He'd been completely empty-handed. He said the words, told her that he was giving her the damn thing, but he hadn't presented her with anything. I think I should take him home. Let me call you a cab. I've only had one scotch. You're in a flood of tears and it's raining. Please, let us get you a cab. That was another thing. That umbrella. You know my umbrella? He told him it was yellow, not green. What do you think that means? Yellow is joyful. Maybe it's associated with his mind, Robin thought about the umbrella, hearing how that story had made her reconsider her cynical view of destiny. She glanced over at Barney just in time to hear what he had to say. They say people who are colorblind can usually see bright yellow. Maybe it means that. All those memories are hazy, although he's lost in his mind and he can't see everything straight, he can still see you. And that's the end. Huh. Yeah. So, so they, they rewrite it as he has he's, he's had some sort of dementia yeah. or disease where he's losing his mind. Yeah. Memory. Yeah. Hmm. And so everything that is basically the series finale on right. is made up in his head. <laughs> So this person, I love, I love a good retcon yes. fan fiction. Yes, and that's why I chose it. They're so displeased with the writers. Like, yeah. you must have had some sort of memory loss disease when yeah. you wrote this season because yeah. it is way off. There's no way this could be it. Ted is mentally ill. <laughs> like, on one hand, it's sad, but on the other hand, it's like, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. Only way. It's the only way. Yes, so that's called Blue French Horns and Yellow Umbrellas on Archive of Our Own. Oh, I, I like that Up one. Upriser 7. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I had the whole it needed like, intro. I needed to contextualize it, it for Ryan because he really had no idea. I really did. Does, does it make some sense after Marshall I contextualized and Lil, is that That's the Jason Siegel guy? Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't they in this? Uh, it's a drabble. Not it's a drabble. Time. It's a drabble. And also, like, Marshall is Ted's best friend. Okay. And he doesn't really do, like, he doesn't do much with... His relationship with Robin. Because okay. Marshall's married to Lily. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should watch it. Uh, maybe not. I, the first season's really good. The first three are pretty great. I am a fan of cheesy sitcoms. Eh, I, I, I if you go. have the time, do it. Yeah, I to it. everybody. Like, 
going into it knowing the series finale is bad, I think that helps. It pads it a bit for you. <laughs> no, it does because you're like you're like oh this is all great and I know this ending's gonna don't suck. get invested. Don't get invested. That's pretty much don't it. Don't get invested. Well, no, it's just it's just like it's like. It's the opposite of being upset by a spoiler. It's like, uh-huh. thank you for the spoiler. Jesus, yeah, now I don't have upset. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Now, tell me a little something about a podcast about something. Tell All me right. something about something. Something about something. Podcast about something is really neat. Mm-hmm. It is these two guys, and every week they choose a new topic. Mm-hmm. Every so often, they have a new guest host. Ooh. So it's really cool. If you like sports, they'll have an episode about sports, and they talk about that, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll have a host on there to help them talk about sports. If you like uh, pop culture, they'll do pop culture things. Oh, and they bring in like a uh, kind of an expert to, to help guide Yeah, them. expert, friend, someone who's interested. Someone who's knowledgeable. Yeah, I really like the one. It's the Sorcerer's Stone. And it's not about Harry Potter. I mean, they talk about Harry Potter, but they're oh, talking but the, about the actual like Sorcerer's the Stone. Yeah. Stone. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's neat. They do a bunch of cool stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys should check them out. They're actually really cool. So I have to commend them because they presented a challenge that was, it seemed insurmountable. They uh, requested a sports fan fiction. Yeah. Thank you for being descriptive. Very vague. Yeah. Well, they, they said, you know, possibly something NBA, something like that. But Oh, and, we, and I looked to the NBA. Yeah. I looked deep into the NBA. So this sports uh, fan fiction took the combined powers of Alex and I yeah. to find something that is um, suitable for all yeah. your young virgin ears out there. So if you guys like the NBA, you guys like sports. Do not read NBA fan fiction. No, if you want to see uh, Clay Thompson or read about Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson and Steph Curry slam dunking on Steph Curry yeah, a in a way sexual way, his butthole, uh, then pick up the fanfic and read it. But we were trying to not do that. Right. So it's not even that it's it's like sometimes those are funny. Yeah. But like those are very serious. And a lot of them are written in other languages. There's not a big English writing um, fan fiction NBA pairing. Oh, that's weird. That's really yeah. weird. Written in like uh, like Cantonese or something like ca- characters yeah. that I don't understand yeah. at all. Yeah. And if it's not smut, it's just if it's sports related, it's. Some characters playing sports, and mm-hmm. that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. We found one that has a certain group of characters playing sports. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop stop talking, and I'm going to let Ryan continue. Okay. It's called, um, and again, I tip my fedora to you, <laughs> podcast about something. Thank you for the challenge. Challenge accepted and crushed. All right. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> It's kind of skirted around. Yeah. This one's called DM Sports. DM, of course, everybody knows, stands for... Dungeon Despicable Master? Me. Oh, okay. And it's about the the characters of Despicable Me playing sports. <laughs> there was great excitement in the Gru residence. Sports day <laughs> was coming up at both Margot and Edith and Agnes's schools. The girls had all been busy preparing for the big event. When the big day came at Margot's school, she glanced over her family who had come to watch her from the crowd. When it came to the fast running race, Margot raced as fast as she could, as you do. That makes sense. But at the very last minute, another runner raced past her across the finish. Margot felt as if she'd been punched in the stomach. It had all happened so quickly. She turned away when as soon as she heard people say, Bad luck, Margot. Better luck next time. Margot hurried over to Gru and her sisters. She took her picnic lunch that the school had made for her and hurried off to sit quietly and eat and sulk at the same time. After a while, Gru came over and sat down next to little Margot. Hey, how are you feeling, little kitten? 
he asked. Margot nodded. That's a really good Gru impression. Well then, don't you think it's time to stop now? Gru asked. I can't stop, Margot said quietly. You can try if you try hard, Gru added, giving her a hug. I really hate losing, Margot sighed. Me too, Gru replied. But you can't win all of the time. Two days later, it was sports day at Edith and Agnes's school. Different sports day. Redemption time. They were, in, they were also in the running race. This is K. We don't read a lot of K fan fiction. Yeah. So this is, uh, this, is, um, this, is kids. this is borderline Ryan and Big Al territory is here. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. This is Ryan and Big Al without mm-hmm. the obvious sexual undertones. Absolutely. Um, so they are also in the running race. There's As, no silly string in this one. <laughs> well, well, let's hold off. Oh, God. As they, no, there's not. As they neared the finish line, Edith and Agnes were neck and neck. But Edith had a very sneaky idea to win she pretended pretended to wobble like crazy then bumped right into agnes so she threw a bow into agnes smart who was so startled she fell right over edith grew a voice called out edith jumped she wondered if anyone had seen her bump into agnes but no one had the voice was only the headmaster calling her to come and collect her prize so she gets away with cheating smart Mm. as edith took the silver cup the chalice for winning field day she saw agnes who was dirty from following you cheat she whispered to edith and tears rolled down her cheeks at home edith brought the cup into the bedroom she shared with her sisters margo was there still feeling very sorry for herself for losing the race at school hi edith i see you managed to win margo said not really i cheated i bumped into agnes Edith, edith admitted have you ever cheated yes margo said quietly and it doesn't make you feel very good later on no. Edith stared at the cup for a very long time. She didn't really earn it. She didn't want it. Why didn't you give the cup to Agnes, Margot suggested. It's exactly what I would do. It's better to be second than to cheat. Yeah, I think you're just right, Edith said. Next morning, Agnes was very surprised to see Edith hand her the silver cup. Here, it's all yours, Edith said. You deserve it for not cheating. Thanks, Agnes said, giving Edith a big kiss. Edith was about to say, ew, but then she realized that it would teach her never to cheat ever again. The end. Yeah, no, give me the uh, trophy when in the record books you'll always be the winning winner. Exactly. Bitch. Yeah, here's your trophy, totally. I get all the Nike endorsements, yep. I get all this. Yep. Just because Reggie Bush vacated his Heisman doesn't mean he has to give the money back. It, it, it sets a precedent. It's yep. going to be a butterfly effect. No matter what, this girl's going to re- be remembered as the one who won the big race. Mm hmm. And the other ones but sometimes it's just enough. It's enough to have an apology. There's actually a really good This American Life about a guy who they were like bike racing, and mm-hmm. it was in it was in Gainesville, Florida. They were doing this bike race around Alachua County. Oh, nice! And he was like behind him. He was like, "Hey, we're gonna dra- I'm gonna draft, and we're gonna win this together. Like, you can win. I just want to yeah. come in second. And the guy was like, "All right, sounds dope." And as they were coming up to the line, he pulled around him and beat him. And um, the thing is all about how the guy who trusted him but lost, like, eventually never raced again but came to peace with it. But the guy who won kept racing and kept racing but was just tortured by it. And, yeah. like, they meet up and he, like, kind of falls from grace and, like, loses everything. And then they meet up and the guy was like, I realize that I'm, I'm probably a lot better off than this guy who won the race and had, like, an Olympic career or whatever. Wow. And I was like, nice. That's, so this is essentially yeah. that. Wow, that's if that's you're looking what I'm for taking. parallels. Yeah. Also, unpopular opinion: Despicable Me, not bad movie franchise. Yeah. Minions, bad. Despicable Me, not bad. How many of the Despicable Me, Despicable Me movies have you seen in the theaters? All of them, except for Minions. I didn't see Minions under protest. I've seen all of them in theaters. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. I, is that I, something? I, yeah. Is that something I would lie about? You definitely. No, it's not. Truth. That's exactly. why. That's why I'm just staring oh, at you. I don't believe you. No. Yeah. That's true. no. I believe you. It's true. No. I I believe you. I just I just want the, the listeners mm-hmm. to know that all of your opinions are sort of invalid at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> shutting it off. They're like, exactly. Ryan likes minions? Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of here. Those are hours I will never get back. I don't like minions. I like to spin <laughs> Good group impression. Thanks. All right, so this is the final Drabble. We, oh, so we've done seven. This is the eight. This is the record this is, shattering. This is big eight. We're Edith and Agnes, and we're running neck we and are. neck, about to break the tape. If we were in this China, okay, China, that would be a lucky number. Eight is a lucky number for them. That is why in the 2008 Olympics, the opening ceremonies were on August 8th, 888. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with the fic, but I'm just saying. So this eighth one, this Chinese one, that was bad. This eighth one is from... <laughs> Sorry, that was the late reaction. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. This eighth one was requested by one of our uh, patrons. I am going to disclose... No, not, I'm going to not disclose the identity. I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to do the opposite of disclosing that. This person wishes to remain anonymous. It's anonymous. Requested. Uh, none other than Drake and Josh. Ah. And I love Drake and Josh. Found a way. I found a way. found a way. There's actually a really funny video online. Finish the lyrics for me, Ryan. Begin the lyrics for me, Alex. It's going to take some time to... Realize. Wrong! It's going to take some time to... What is it? I actually... There's a video online of Drake Bell performing that live. Uh Uh-huh. Getting to that part, stopping, correcting the audience on the lyrics... Doing it again and going, see, it's this. It actually rhymes. And then continuing. What is like it? Like an asshole. Uh, realign. 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 Whoa, it's like Bernstein Bears. It's going to take some time to realign. Oh, that's weird. That's but if you look inside, I'm sure you'll find. Oh. Find and realize don't don't rhyme. Mm-hmm. Find and realign. Those those rhyme. They more. rhyme closer no, than realize. <laughs> if you're going to not rhyme, might as well. It's a closer it's rhyme, like, though. It's, like, it's a near rhyme. To it be, counts. to be. Rhyme, to be, to be. Yeah, right. rhyming to be and to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, again, this has nothing to do with the fic. He was in Gainesville. I saw that. He Drake was, Bell, yeah, he was. Yeah, he did like a live show. I actually show like his music. At the high dive. Yeah, yeah, I actually like his music. I think he's good. Yeah. Any whom, this is called In the Closet, and it's on Archive of Our Own. By Elias? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Before we start, do you want to guess what it is if it's called In the Closet? Uh, Did Alex save the smut for the last? I'll, um, I really hope you're not about to like destroy two of my, two of my childhood well, characters. Well, they're not technically related. Remember, they're only stepbrothers. <laughs> That's the perfect precursor to a fan fiction about Drake and Josh. They're not technically <laughs> related. Megan's related to Josh, not, or to Drake, not Josh. Yeah. Just saying. Drake was woken at half past noon by the ringing of his phone. He'd been sprawled on his stomach, one arm, half his face over the edge, and when the phone on the nightstand rang right in his ear, he had to flail just to not fall out of bed. He hit the alarm clock, which he had once again neglected to set, and so now actually turned on the radio function. Then he succeeded in knocking the phone off the stand, which just made him give up the whole not falling out of bed thing and slide onto the floor. He scooped the phone over to his face. Uh, hello? Drake, are you okay? Panicky Josh. Oh, how he missed starting every day this way. I'm fine. How are you? Drake asked, frowning at the things under his bed. Man, there was that other sneaker he couldn't find Saturday night, and he had to change his whole outfit. He picked it up, threw it to the center of the floor for later. You're not going to... What was that? That? What that? Drake asked around a yawn. That noise! That thunk! 
Oh, my shoe. Sorry. You were saying? Drake switched the phone to his other ear and rolled onto his back, the better to ignore his collection of bus dunnies. Why was your shoe... Ah, oh, never mind. Bus You're not going to believe Dust bunnies. Dust bunnies. So this is bus dunnies? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. You okay? Follow my fingers. Dust so bunnies. I think I'm having a stroke. Okay. Dust bunnies. Why was your shoe... Ah, never mind. You're not going to believe this, but I'm locked in a closet. <laughs> in a closet! Clothing closet, coat closet, or supply closet? Supply closet. Drake made a sympathetic noise. Those have always... Uh, those always have the most hard stuff to bump into. What? Good. I like I like that it's like a routine. Which which closet? Yeah, which, which, which closet, closet are we talking? Yeah. Which one is it this time? Drake made a sympathetic noise. Those always have the most hard stuff to bump into. Yes, and it smells like that pink stuff that used to wash the floors here. Also, I think I stepped on a wet mop. I need your help. Help? How can I help? I'm in a different state. Go to your computer and look up the phone directory for my school, and then get me the number for the head of the maintenance or security or someone. Wow, this is like early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, Drake observed. Hold on, I need to stand up. Getting to his feet took some doing. Drake discovered, on account of his blankets having wound around one ankle. By the time he fought his way free and managed verticality, Josh was again anxiously demanding to know if he was all right. I'm fine, Drake assured him, heading to the kitchen. How'd you get locked in the closet anyways? Josh told him it was a typical enough incident involving five cheerleaders, a skateboard, a jello mold, and a Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. Could have happened to anyone, really. Absolutely. Are you at your computer yet? Josh asked. Drake was nowhere near his computer, instead leaning against the kitchen counter. Yes, he lied. No, you're not. You're leaning against the kitchen counter drinking orange juice. Uh, juice, Josh accused. Drake looked at the glass of juice in his hand. That's uncanny. Drake, <laughs> this is important. At this rate, I'll be late for class. Wait, wait, what time is it? Uh, it's Drake glanced at the microwave, staring back to his room. 12.53 here. Josh gave a little shriek of terror. I'm already late. Okay, okay, okay. Just calm down. I'm here at my computer. What am I looking for? Should I just Google your school or do you know the webpage? In very short order, Drake was furnishing Josh with phone numbers. And see if you can talk to whoever lets you out into escorting you to class, since your teachers don't know you well enough to believe this sort of thing yet. That's a good idea. Okay. I'm going to let you go and call these people. Love you, brother. Call me after your classes are done today. I will, Josh promised. Okay. Love you, brother. Later. Bye. Drake sat down on the phone, shaking his head. Josh would probably hug whoever rescued him, and that thought made Drake smile. Hmm. I like that. This is like um, like the zany antics had just happened. Like every episode yeah. has a bunch of antics, and then yeah. it ends up with like, oh, he's locked in the closet. End of show. Everyone laughs. But it's like, he's got to get out of there. Yeah. Well, he's it's not only that. Him. It's also... Um, this is basically what happens when they get separated. Right. They have to solve each Josh other. Josh is problem. in college. Yeah. Drake is still at home, which is <laughs> probably true, yeah, yeah, probably what probably would happen. Trying, trying to make it as an artist. Exactly. And so Josh is still getting into trouble and Drake, you know. Does Drake not get into trouble now that Josh is gone? I, I honestly think so. I think the only reason Drake was getting into weird antics was because of Josh. Because he's so over the top. Yeah. Mm. And also, if you watch the show, Drake does get dumber as the show goes on. <laughs> so true. maybe he was better off pre-Josh. Pre-Josh. Yeah, pre-Josh. Mm. Uh, but I like that one because it's it's a nice what would happen afterwards. And I'm not going to lie to you. If they made a Drake and Josh show set today right now, oh my gosh. holy kitty titties! Oh my gosh, I would be there. In you know a what they should do? They should do like a they should do like a Broadway show, like, like a stint on Broadway. I'd go, I'd go every night. Oh fuck, like God. a stage yeah, Drake yeah. and Josh. God, that'd be so good. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking same humor, same everything, but they live in an apartment now. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be great. Oh my god, I'd that'd watch be really that. Great. Yeah, it'd be really good. It's coming. I think. Well, they just had like the round of like Full House revivals yeah. and all that stuff. So, but Nick's not reviving their shows. That's what. That's like, the thing. They're waiting. Like we'll probably so. have like another ten years before our little outcrop of things gets revived. No, I mean Boy Meets World had Girl Meets World. Yeah, had, Boy, Boy Meets World is, is like the latest failed. thing to start coming yeah. back. It didn't fail. Apparently, it was pretty good. People no, it liked failed. It. Yeah. They had to cancel it. Yeah, they ended it. They canceled it. They ended it unceremoniously in the middle of the season. Because it didn't have any watchers. Yeah, yeah, no. They didn't have support. I will say, we've talked about good uh, intros to shows before. Obviously, Drake and Josh is a banger. Mm -hmm. Obviously. But I really like the Boy Meets World one. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. My two favorite of all time, Drake and Josh and What's New Scooby-Doo. We already know that. What's New Scooby-Doo? We all know that. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we know, now that I'm realigned on the lyrics, I can be more. You are realigned. More vocal about myself. That was that was good. That was smart. Mm -hmm. That was quick. Mm -hmm. Drake and Josh out. All right, here we go. We did it. Dabble Fest Part Two. Wait a second. We're gonna get the official judge Uh, ruling. We did it. We got it. We got it. We got a world record. Whoa. Oh, I wish you were here to see this. A huge banner is just unfurled. Balloons are yes. dropping. Yes. Yeah, there it's like prostitutes on the ready yes. coming out. Sailors and nurses are in the street. Yes. We would never partake in anything it's like amazing. that. It's amazing. It's crazy. This well, we're, amazing. we're behind a bullet. We're, yes. we're in an orb above Times yes. Square doing this podcast. <laughs> and everyone is just losing we their minds. We are in minds. the ball. We're about to drop. Here we go. It's <laughs> 9 a.m. and it's just a huge crowd. Everyone huge, got off work yeah. today. Yeah. Wow. Citywide holiday. For yeah, those. absolutely. It's gonna, it's gonna be a national. Holiday. It's gonna be. A, <laughs> in, how many international holidays do you have? Not many. This is gonna be one of this them. This is going to be the one. I had, a, uh, I had a Spanish teacher in high school. Oh no, it was middle school. Jesus, complain about how Father's Day is the same internationally, but Mother's Day isn't. It is a different day. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not all realigned. No, it's uh, we need to realign it uh-huh. and uh, change it. But she was. At first, trying to complain that it was a gender thing, and then realized that Father's Day was started because of religion. Mm. It's like for the Holy Father, oh, Father's sure. Day. That's a good point. And then uh, hey, ours is our April 29th holiday is going to be kind of for a religious reason. I don't even know what that is. What is April 29th? Today. Oh, today. Today. Oh, the, the day that we're recording this. The most important day in history. Oh my God. Four twenty nine. Yeah. Well, yeah. everyone, when this podcast comes out, they're all going to have read the many articles. Yes. They're going to have seen statues. They're going to know the history behind yes, it. Yes, the commission yes. paintings in our yes. honor. It's the, be... the, the Instagram blast that we did of us in the ball mm-hmm. dropping. Absolutely. Yes, in Times Square. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So well, I had fun. I did, too. I, I'm glad. I, Congratulations I, on your achievement, sir. I, what's the achievement? Just you, you were part of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we were part of a podcast. Mm-hmm. So... I don't even think we need to say we're stoked on anything. I'm stoked on getting this world record. Yep. I got this bread. Smashing it. We smashed it. Mm-hmm. So remember, we have a YouTube channel. We have like maybe one exclusive thing on there, but That's right. follow us. Who mm-hmm. cares? Leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. We'd love you. We're, we're, we're loving the reviews we're getting. We have a Patreon if you want to follow us on Patreon and, you know, become a patron. You want to get Patreon. on this rocket before it launches. Yeah. I mean, the holiday's coming, so you might as well jump on the rocket now yeah. before we it, raise our rates. It makes, it makes a great gift it really for does. Drabble Day. Yes. Um, for, for International Drabble Day. It's a stocking yeah. stuffer on Drabble Day. It really yeah, is. I got you, I got yeah, you a Patreon, I got you a Patreon subscription. subscription. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and as I already said, YouTube. It's like my fanfic. Mm-hmm. Boom. We stream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Fireside. So if you can't find us 
It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your We're fault. We're really giving you every opportunity to listen to us. We are everywhere. We are everywhere. So I hope you have a wonderful day. Yes. I hope you have a joyous and momentous Drabble day. Mm-hmm. Hail be to the Drabbles. A delightful Drabble day to you, sir. <laughs> a delightful, indubitably delightful Drabble day to you, sir. And to you as well. And, to, and, and, to and you. also you. And also you. <laughs> and we will see you guys next time. All righty. Thanks for listening. Oh, anything to remember? We always, we were supposed to end on that. Remember. Let's just cut it out already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything. That was fine. <laughs>